I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hello and welcome to Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast with me, Jessie Ware. This is a special bonus episode which will focus on pelvic health because, let's face it, being pregnant and giving birth can really take its toll on your pelvic floor and this can have quite serious and embarrassing long-term consequences. I've definitely been caught short. Usually it's outside the door when you're putting your keys in and you're so close yet so far from the loo. Um, So I thought I'd speak to a physiotherapist to learn more about what we can do to improve our postnatal pelvic health. It's something that we get told about throughout pregnancy and sometimes we forget about postnatally, I think. I'm definitely a bad student when it comes to pelvic floor exercises. But joining me now is Joe Gibson, a specialist pelvic health physiotherapist. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this platform to talk about pelvic health physiotherapy and all it has to offer. Do you think that it's something that people do not pay enough attention to then? The the fact that, you know, it isn't talked about enough. I mean, we, we've heard about the squeezy apps and things like that, but it's kind of brushed over, perhaps? Definitely. I think pelvic health is something that's becoming more and more on the radar, which is really exciting, but still definitely needs to be spoken about more. And I think especially as pelvic health is something that affects women throughout their entire lives, not just mm. uh, postnatally. So definitely it's exciting that it's coming coming more to the forefront. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do being a specialist pelvic health physiotherapist? Yeah, for sure. So I work at Leto, which is a company that is specialising in pelvic health physiotherapy. And we separate our sort of services into four main pillars. So we often think about pelvic health postnatally as, as the time to talk about it, but actually pelvic health affects us throughout our entire lives. So the first pillar that we treat is sort of sexual dysfunction, which can be sort of a problem from early teenagers when they're struggling to do things like use a tampon or go for speculum examinations all the way through life until, until much older. We've obviously got antenatal care for women who are pregnant, whether they have problems with pelvic girdle pain, back pain, pelvic floor dysfunction. Then we've got our postnatal group, uh, such as yourself, so women who've recently had a baby and are trying to navigate the postnatal journey. And then we see women in the menopause who have all sorts of different um, concerns, including bladder or bowel dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, uh, and other problems which are related to their pelvic floor. So we really see everybody the whole way through, through their lives, and it's a really, really exciting area to work in. 
So let's talk about those problems that can occur during pregnancy first and foremost. Is it normal for someone to go and ask to speak to a physiotherapist if they have got pain in their pelvis? We've touched on pelvic girdle pain in the podcast, but yeah, is it normal for somebody to ask for help or would it be more that the midwife or GP would suggest you go and visit someone? Unfortunately, often people don't come to see us until quite late into the pregnancy because they don't realise as much we can do. But we love seeing everybody antenatally, whether they're struggling or not, because it gives us a really good baseline to know what we're trying to get back to once they've delivered their baby. Mm -hmm. And there's loads we can do during the pregnancy to get people uh, feeling stronger, more confident, more active, try and get on top of any pain try and prepare for um, the delivery. And we provide an antenatal check at Leto, which involves looking at all of those things and treating any pelvic girdle pain, lower back pain, or pre-existing pelvic floor dysfunction or sexual dysfunction to try and reduce the risk of it continuing into their postnatal recovery. So it is something that even if it isn't a huge problem for you antenatally, you could still go and see your team and be able to kind of, like you said, help prepare for birth. So what are some of the things that you would do during that antenatal visit? During our LISO antenatal check, what we do is we have a look at the whole body. So often people think we just care about the pelvic floor, but actually Mm -hmm. we care about the whole system. How are you breathing? How is your bladder? How are your bowels? Are you moving well? Are you being able to stay active? So that we can try and nip any problems in the butt. We find that with pelvic girdle pain, if you come to see us quite early on with a small niggle, we can use exercise, a bit of manual therapy, a bit of advice, and often it goes away very quickly and the rest of pregnancy can be relatively pain-free. But when people come and see us sort of at 37, 38 weeks, we're a little bit more limited in terms of what we can do. So we love seeing people early and any small niggle or worry, especially about the pelvic floor, is definitely worth getting checked out during pregnancy because it means that if there is any problems or dysfunctions, we can prepare adequately to ensure that labour goes as well as possibly if that's a delivery that's planned or that we can discuss postnatal care if that's something that's going to be a concern. I mean, it is quite common and normal for people's pelvic floor to feel weakened during pregnancy, right? I mean, you definitely, there's higher levels of incontinence, wet knickers, all of that, I presume from, you know, the pressure of the baby on your bladder. But are there ways that you can manage it during pregnancy? Because I just kind of, I don't know, I'd be doing my, whenever you talk about pelvic floor, you you start clenching your pelvic floor, don't you? So, you know, I I feel like the only times that I would really hear about the pelvic floor Um, you know you working your pelvic floor is if you went to a yoga class they're quite you know a pregnancy yoga class maybe they'll do a five minute ten minute session near the end of the class and you all kind of focus on your pelvic floor but apart from that during pregnancy it's very much up to you I think Um, maybe your midwife will suggest and and ask and nudge you and remind you are you doing your exercises but I think it's very much you know some people a star students and some just ignore it if you did exercises during your pregnancy can that help with the level of incontinence during your pregnancy or is it very much more focusing on that day of giving birth and improving it postnatally preparing your body adequately during your pregnancy is so important to optimize outcomes for after the delivery 
Pelvic floor muscle training has been shown to improve incidences of stress during continence after the delivery. And the most important thing is we know that lots of women will be diligently doing their Kegels completely wrong. So having Mm. a a bespoke specialist assessment with a pelvic health physio to just check that you're doing the right thing is so important before you go spending your time every day doing your Kegels because we know that supervised pelvic floor training is so much more superior to uh, just having a go and seeing how you get on. And we know that midwives and doctors have got so many things to talk to you about during your assessments and during your treatments and often are very focused on the baby. That's why it's so important to get a, get an assessment with us to make sure that we can uh, guide you through the, the pregnancy journey and the postnatal journey. I am interested, when you do a supervised pelvic floor exercise session do you use instruments and implements so that you can know that they're doing it correctly or is there anything that you can suggest to our listeners now that I mean I know it's not supervised but are there any simple exercises that you could suggest now that could help or would you still want to see what they're doing and how do you see what they're doing so we know that the best cue for activating the pelvic floor muscles is to draw in the back passage as if you're holding in wind So we know that's a really good place to start and to check that you're not holding your breath and to check that your tummy muscles aren't doing anything is a really good place to know that you're probably doing the right thing. But even when people are doing that, we know that often people are doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things uh, with best efforts to try and get their pelvic floor strong. So what we do within both the antenatal and the postnatal check is we do an internal assessment to, to see what's going on with the pelvic floor. But the, the postnatal assessment is so much bigger than that. We take a full history all about you, all about sort of your medical history, any histories with your bladder or bowel, any sexual dysfunction, any pelvic symptoms. And then also we find out all about the delivery. So whether that was a vaginal delivery, whether that was a cesarean, any trauma, whether there was a tear, an episiotomy, whether there was any forceps or ventus. And then that lets us uh, sort of find out what your goals are, because I think it's important to think about the pelvic floor as, as a really functional unit. If you want to run or do CrossFit or play with your children when they're seven in the garden, it's important that your pelvic floor muscles are up to scratch. So we really think about what that journey is going to look like. Then we'll move on to an objective assessment. So what that means is we have a look at the whole body. So we look at your movement, we look at your back, your hips, your breathing. We'll check the tummy muscles to see uh, if they've started to come back together. And then we can do an internal examination. So what that involves is just having a feel inside of the muscles to check that they're turning on in the right way, but also that they're turning off so that those muscles are able to relax. But as I'm sure you can imagine, every pregnancy is different, every mm. delivery is different. And so every recovery and every rehab journey is very different as well. So I think the, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to come and see somebody to make sure that they can give you a, a really, really specialist assessment to guide that journey so that you can confidently get back to the things that you want to safely, knowing that you're not putting yourself at risk of any further dysfunction. I presume vaginal birth has more of an impact on your pelvic floor weakening or am I completely ignorant and absolutely with a cesarean you can have a weakened pelvic floor just as much as if you had a vaginal birth? 
I think a vaginal birth carries more surprises, especially if uh, we're comparing to Mm. an elective caesarean. So you don't quite know exactly what's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that a vaginal birth can't be a really beautiful experience. I think the most important thing is getting prepared for the delivery, so knowing what to expect. I think perineal massage is really important uh, to start doing to prepare the perineum and the pelvic floor muscles for that delivery. But Mm. we do also know that having a caesarean isn't completely protective of things like stress incontinence, prolapse, other pelvic floor dysfunction. So it's very, very important that everybody cares as much about their pelvic health uh, irrelevant of their type of delivery. Um, but obviously, as I was saying, we see all sorts of things in clinics. So we might see somebody who's got a fantastic pelvic floor, but actually is really struggling with uh, a sort of a more significant diastasis. Or we see women who have lots of pelvic floor weakness and might be struggling with things like prolapse or uh, sort of more urgency with their bladder. We might see people with bladder or bowel dysfunction, so people struggling to either empty properly or struggling to control it. As you said, that feeling when you put the key in the door and you have to rush. Mm. But we also see women who have really overactive pelvic floors and they struggle to relax. And that can lead to symptoms like pain when you have sex, can lead to back pain, it can lead to things like stress incontinence. So that's why it's really important as much as we can do, you know, you can do your best at home and and that is really important. But even if you can only come and see us once to just make sure you're doing the right thing to prevent any sort of underlying slight problems becoming more of a problem further down the line. So can people get this for free? Can they get it through the NHS or how much is a private session with somebody like you? So the NHS is full of loads of fantastic pelvic health physios. The only challenge is they have a really long wait. And Mm. I would really encourage women that this is a time when the rest of the world is prioritising your baby and your Mm. pram and your outfits and your breastfeeding. Mm. And actually that first six to eight week check is a really valuable experience. Even if you can only afford to do the one privately, we can give the biggest bulk of the information during that first appointment to set you on the journey to do as much as you can by yourself. The NHS is fantastic though, and it is full of really good physio. So if you're unable to go privately, then definitely make sure you get your GP to refer, especially if you are having any niggling symptoms, things like struggling to return to intercourse any problems with your bladder any problems with your bowel any heaviness or discomfort in the vagina or just a feeling that something's not quite right especially when you return to exercise so important to make sure that you get checked out Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we usually get checked with the doctor between six and eight weeks. That's usually when it is now, right? Is there an optimal time that people should be seeing you? If they leave it too long, is it harder to get results with a pelvic floor specialist or can you delay it? When's your optimal time to see you? At Leto, we routinely see women six to eight weeks postnatally. Okay. That's because that's the time when we're starting to think that the pelvic floor muscles are starting to progress in their recovery. It means that any tears or episiotomies or cesarean wounds should have healed to the extent that we can start working on them and looking at them. It means we can do a really thorough assessment, either doing the internal check, but also we can have a look at the tummy muscles with the ultrasound scan to get a measurement of the gap between the tummy muscles. And it's also a really good time that mums can start to prioritise themselves because hopefully they've got into a bit of a routine with sleep mm. of some shape or form. They've mm. got the hang of feeding, whether that's breastfeeding or formula feeding, and it's a good time to start thinking Thinking about returning to some form of exercise uh, mm. and grading that return so it's a really good time to come and see us that being said there's no bad time to come and see us we see women much much further down the line who had no problems at all and then wanted to come and see us eight ten twenty years after having their babies and we still make huge improvements to pelvic floor function but more importantly to quality of life and I think physio is a really nice role to get people back to doing what they love it's all good and well having a great pelvic floor but if you can't do the things you want to do then that's no use and at Leto we're that's our favorite thing we love getting people back to to what they want to do whether that is crossfit horse riding or just like I say running around in the garden after jumping on that trampoline with your child exactly yes um now you've mentioned already diastasis rectus abdominis it's the tummy muscles that get stretched I mean actually you know what you're here can you explain what that is and why that may be a problem because I know that that's one of the checks that maybe the doctor will do at that six to eight week as well. And it's an indicator of whether you can start exercise, just like they're checking that your pelvic floor is working okay. So can you explain better than me what that long-winded word means? For sure. So it's one of the favourite appointments that people book to come and see us. I think it's something that most people are quite aware of. And so we see a lot of in the clinic. So during pregnancy, the six pack muscles and the connective tissue between them start to stretch and separate to make room for the baby. Now that's really important. It means that there's room for the baby to grow and to wriggle around to do all the things it needs to whilst it's in your tummy. And then It means that after you've had your baby, everybody will have a gap in between their tummy muscles before they start to come back together. And we know that 60% of people will still have a larger gap six weeks after having their baby. So it's something that's very common. What it means is that those muscles can't always function as well as they were prior to your pregnancy. Now, we don't know why some women get larger gaps than others. There's quite a lot of thought that it's mainly based on your genetics. 
So often people come in and say, is it because I did A, B or C? And the chances are, no, it's probably because of your genetics. And we care less about the size of the gap and more about what can you do? So can you do the things you want to do? Are you getting any back pain? Are you getting any doming where the middle of your tummy has a slight bulge when you do activities which are more challenging? Things like exercise, getting out of bed, trying to stand up from a chair. So in our diastasis assessment at Leto, what we'll do is we'll have a feel of the tummy muscles to see what the tone is like, but we'll also have a look with the ultrasound so that we can get a measurement of the size of the gap. Now, now, it's sort of arguable whether the size of the gap matters. As I said, it's more important that we know what you want to get back to so that we can start the rehabilitation of that abdominal wall. Now, this can happen whether you've had a cesarean or whether you've had a vaginal delivery. And knowing the size of the gap and a little bit about your connective tissue from that assessment allows us to make a really specific prescription of exercise and rehabilitation to get you strong again. So that will nearly always start with a focus on the pelvic floor. So starting to get that moving and getting a little bit stronger. We often then move on to things like Pilates, which can start sort of very, very basic, but build up to much more complicated exercises on the reformer. Everybody thinks Pilates is boring, but Pilates is not boring when you get to the fun stuff. It's pretty hardcore when you're on that reformer, yeah. Yeah, and then we know, though, that if you just do pelvic floor and Pilates, that doesn't get you back to those more difficult things. People who want to go to Barry's boot camp, people who want to go to CrossFit doing Pilates isn't isn't going to get you there. So knowing the measurements from that assessment and having that really good history means that we can do goal-specific exercises to get you slowly returning to some impact, to some weights, to some resistance. And then when we think that you're ready after keeping a really close eye on you for, for that journey, we can start thinking about a graded return to those exercises. Because what we find with diastasis is that I think most patients fall into two groups. One is terrified to move or to do anything because someone has said they can't ever lift anything heavier than their baby. And the other half is people who've done quite a lot, maybe potentially a bit too quickly, and then have panicked because they've seen something come out of their tummy they weren't expecting. So I think having somebody to join you along that journey and make sure that you're feeling strong and empowered to do the things you want to do, but in a way that's really um, sort of... Uh, bespoke and specific to your journey and getting you back to your goals. People will get a good indication of where they're at potentially with their GP and how they're feeling but having that extra attention could be really beneficial. I've never had that with any of my pregnancies and now I'm quite tickled to maybe have a little session but um, thank you so much for explaining about the importance of kind of how you can get back to life before having a baby and being pregnant and I mean in the way of like movement and exercise. I think everyone by that kind of six week point eight week point that they're maybe craving a little bit of exercise or they're just craving another cupcake it's one or the other and maybe they go hand in hand definitely exercise is so important and i think pelvic health is important so that it can facilitate you to do the things you want we know that exercise has so many benefits and it makes me really frustrated that so many women out there are unable to to exercise in the way they want to because something like leaking or heaviness or a problem with their tummy muscles is holding them back when there's so many things we can do to get people strong and confident and empowered to move more and better so that they can get back to those things they enjoy so I think exercise is is the main reason why this is so important any things that 
people should avoid? I mean, I'm presuming sit-ups and things like that, but right at the beginning. There's lots of things online about the things you definitely shouldn't do this and you definitely shouldn't do that. I would argue that there's no such thing as a bad exercise, but there might be such thing as the wrong time. So things that are very challenging on the abdominal wall, things that are sort of more resistance-based or impact-based, it's important that you've got a strong pelvic floor and a good core and abdominal wall before you start going back to those activities. So if you've got any concerns or any symptoms such as leaking, heaviness, any problems with your tummy muscles, or as I said, that feeling that something's just not quite right, before you go back to those more challenging exercises, that's when it's so important that you see somebody because they might give you the green light and say, yes, actually, you're great, crack on. Mm. Or they might say, you can do that, just not quite yet. And Mm. we need to work on A, B and C beforehand. And that's why the postnatal recovery is so different for everybody that it's very hard to say, yes, you can do this at this week. It's more important that you really listen to your body and tune into what feels good and what feels like maybe is not quite, quite yet. You've got lots of these kind of parent and baby exercise groups and sessions where you can bring a baby and hopefully if, well, I presume if that personal trainer is conducting that class, they are postnatally, antenatally trained and skilled to understand that they're not going to make you do 20 burpees. But yeah, I think also surely listen to your body, like if you're weeing yourself when you're trying to jog to the bus or something like that, maybe slow it down. Yeah, definitely. I think listening to your bodies is key. And and when it comes to things like those boot camps or classes or specific things that you want to get back to, it's really important if you have got a history of any pelvic floor dysfunction, any pain, that you let your instructor know. Because if they are postnatally trained, which I would hope they are if you're going to see them, then normally they'll be able to modify or adapt things for you to make sure that you're feeling confident to do those things and you're not putting yourself at any risk of further harm, but instead getting nice and strong and staying active and getting all those benefits without feeling that you have to worry about those things. Joe Gibson, thank you so much for, well, stressing me out about my bloody pelvic floor. No, no, I'm joking. Thank you so much for explaining to me something that I think I totally have not paid enough attention to during my pregnancies and postnatally, and I'm sure many other people will be in the same boat. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to make sure we can get the word out there about pelvic health. Thank you so much to Joe Gibson for talking to us about pelvic floor issues, prioritising your pelvic health before you have a baby and definitely postnatally. Hope you've enjoyed that. I mean, I don't know if you enjoyed it. If this episode has done anything, I'm sure it's made you squeeze your pelvic floor muscles. Um, so even if it acted as a reminder to clench, jobs are good. And, but no, that completely rubbishes what Joe says. Maybe go and see a specialist if you've got any problems. Um, but thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you soon on Is It Normal? Thank you. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com